You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is The Overflow with MC Brooks. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. This is called Pirate Radio. Here's RG3, he's going to run for the first down, and still on his feet, RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Pull the lever, Unc. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my element like going sign. Niggas know that I'm the coldest one. Get hip to me, cause I'm Mr. Freeze. This victory with a frozen gun. Can't get me to hold my tongue. My vocab be like golden sun. Not your fave like my bros are. But low key, I'm the dopest one. Flow is a gift full of Mr. Lord. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Oflow with MC Brooks here on the Great Geek Refuge, aka GGR. Uh, not coming to you live, but we are coming to you in podcast form. It's been a while since the last episode, so I figured I'd hit you guys with a brand new episode before we get to the end of Nostalgia November. Now, joining me tonight is going to be Miss Hazel Williams of Rad Magpie. Am I saying that right? You are. Hey. I think I'm saying. All right, there we go. <laughs> Look at that. Having tech issues already. Um <laughs> Yeah, so she'll be joining me in just a few uh, moments here. But before we get into the conversation with her and her awesome organization, do want to encourage you guys to make sure you go all through DGR website this month. Uh, Mike, Steve, James, and myself have been posting a ton of content, blogs, podcasts, and whatnot, just reminiscing on lots of things from our childhoods that you know that we've kept with us all of our lives. So make sure to check those out, uh, share, and uh, excuse me, go follow us on all of our social media. You can find us uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you can even join our Facebook group where you'll get an opportunity to talk to myself, Mike, Steve, James, and pretty much everyone else associated with GGR. So make sure you go do that. You can also catch earlier episodes of The Overflow, such as the last episode I did, uh, which was an interview I did with Miss Shamika Irby. The author of, um, let me not ruin her name, or the name of her book, Heartbreak Alley. There we go. So you can definitely go listen to that. It's an awesome read. Definitely encourage everyone to uh, pick that up today. That was the last episode. And on tonight's episode, again, as I said before, I have a very special guest on the line with me. It is Miss Hazel Williams, who is the, uh, what's your title with uh, the company again? Director of Development. Director of Development for Rad Magpie. So give a fake round of applause there. And Hazel, thank <laughs> you for joining me tonight on The Overflow. How you doing? Oh, I am great. How are you? I am, uh, I'm all right. You know, got, got this holiday weekend in front of me, so I'm just, you know, it hasn't hit me that it's here, but, you know, I'm just looking forward to mac and cheese tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Mac and cheese. Pretty much, pretty much. You know, I'm on a I'm on a pretty strict diet, but you know, there's one thing. If there's one thing I'm gonna you know allow myself to have as a cheat meal, I'm having mac and cheese tomorrow. It's it's vital. Yeah, I mean, what is life like without mac and cheese? It's a, it's a life not worth living. That's 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 how I word that. So anyway, 
uh, like I said, thank you for for joining me tonight. And I wanted to uh, give the audience of GGR, audience of the Overflow, an opportunity to get to know you and get to know the awesome organization that you work for. So uh, first thing I'll ask you is uh, tell me a little bit about your organization. Uh, what do you guys do? Okay. So thank you for having me. Um, Rad Magpie, um, we are a nonprofit. Um, we are based in Vermont. And we basically create opportunities for underrepresented people to get their ideas out. And those ideas being any kind of media. So we're talking about um, any kind of games. So video games, tabletop games, um, mobile games, um, anything like that. Um, we are going to venture out into movies, books, things of that sort. Um, and so basically the idea is that right now, the market is set up for your typical white male. And there have been many studies, many articles written that support the fact that right now, game players are becoming more and more diverse. Um, something like 83% of African-American hmm. teens play video games. Wow. Compared to 71% of white teens. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we have this shift in diversity, but we're not seeing ourselves out there in those games. We're not seeing ourselves out there in the media as main characters. We don't see our stories being brought forth. So our whole point, our, our mission is to create the space and the opportunity and give people who are underrepresented a leg up and allow them to get their All projects right. out. And uh, that sound, that's amazing. And I, I remember when you first told me uh, about uh, the company back when we were at, uh, what was it, District Taco, I think. And you told me about it and I was like, oh my God, that sounds absolutely incredible. Like, why don't companies like this already exist? And it seems like you know, you guys are the first that I'm I'm hearing of this. How long have you guys been around? Like, how long have you been doing business? <laughs> well, we're babies. Um, we just started this year. <laughs> so this summer, this summer was our first summer. Um, we brought on two projects to give them a kickstart. Um, the first project was Ukulele May. And that project was basically a video game that used wayfinding in order oh. to teach <laughs> about Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually a really cool project. Um, we were able to, you know, get them started. Uh, the project has not been completed yet, but they made really good progress with it. They were able to have a dedicated workspace. So all of the developers, everyone could collaborate and, you know, have test, uh, testing done. And it was just a really good atmosphere for them. The second project was um, Querent, which is a tabletop role-playing game that uses tarot cards in order to create the characters and discover their destiny. 
that project actually um, just went through its Kickstarter phase and is completely funded. So we're really proud of oh, them for amazing. that. And they will be completing their project um, this this year, actually. Yeah. So um, we have another project that's coming up. It is called Sigiria, and it is a Sri Lankan fantasy game. And I'm not allowed to say too much about it <laughs> because we're still in the development phase. Um, but that one is definitely a project that's coming out next summer. All right. That's, I mean, that sounds good already. I mean, just, just the three games that you mentioned so far all sound like things that, I don't know, that, that – you know, I've been playing games for a while, and those aren't things that I've necessarily heard of as far as, you know, the types of games that exist out there. I mean, I, I've been playing games since I was about five, and, you know, I play a little bit of everything. And it's interesting that, you know, you, you guys are giving platforms to uh, these people uh, who have these, you know, obviously these really great ideas. Uh, what's the process like for, you know, getting a project heard like how do you decide uh or excuse me how do you guys take uh, do you guys take submissions you know are you actively searching for people how do you how do you, how exactly do you find your clientele because you said that you were new so obviously you know not you know the word is not widespread just yet but how, how, how did you guys link up with the the people that you found for these first couple projects So um, because we're based in um, Burlington, Vermont, there is a college there. <laughs> and actually, everyone who has okay. come to us so far has been students of the project, of, of the university. And so that's been great for us. It's been great to have people who are really excited about their projects, Um come to us and say, we have these ideas. And so this organization got started okay. because Kel, who is our executive oh, okay. director, um, is actually a professor there. Um, yeah, they are an awesome, awesome professor of, you know, the video gaming world. So, you know, their students come to them and to discuss their projects. And sometimes they discuss their roadblocks. The roadblocks are the things that we are there to try to break down. We saw a need. And so we're providing for that need. Um, so these students, and not just students, you know, people who have these ideas and come to us and have strong plans and strong ideas, you know, we're there to help them. What about someone who, let's say, if they don't have a plan together, is that something that you guys also help out with? Like, let's say if I just had an idea that I wanted to make, you know, a game kind of like, uh, I don't know, like a Final Fantasy type of game, uh, but I wanted it to be based in like Australia or some, or, you know, some fan, some made up place. But I didn't really have an idea of what I needed to do. Uh, do you guys help out on that end or do you kind of more encourage people to kind of figure out, you know, certain things before you guys then swoop in to help take to take it to the next step? Okay, well, that's kind of a two part question. Because okay. we do, we do help. Um, not everyone who comes in is going to have everything in place. 
right? So one of our main focuses is to um, provide networking for these people who are developing games. You need someone who is an authority on Australia. Well, if I know someone who's from Australia, I will link you so that you can discuss your project. We do encourage all of the people who you know work with us to flesh out their ideas as much as possible. Um, but we, like I said, we're always there to help. If you just have an idea, you know, and you want to run it by us, we're there to help. You know, we love this. Everyone who works on our team loves gaming. We might all like different types of games, but we all love gaming and we all have ideas and we're there to help anyone. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and again, that's a big reason why I wanted to get you on and I wanted to promote what you guys do, because I do think it is very important. You know, we, 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 you know, we live in a world now where diversity is becoming more of the norm, or at least the word diversity is becoming the norm where sometimes diversity isn't always exactly what we think of it. Um, but the, what we're trying, the, the world we're trying to create now is one where all people are, you know, have the opportunity to be represented and, and not just having, not, not representation as in, you know, just one person supposed to represent an entire group, but, you know, different people from different backgrounds. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. That's what we're all about. I mean, we have people just of all different walks of life. Like we have diversity within our team, you know, just within the people who work for Rad Magpie. I mean, you know, we have people of color, we have um, people who are non-binary, trans, um, gay, straight, you know, veterans, like we have everyone. And that's what makes it great is that we have so many different perspectives that, you know, all come together for our meetings every week and discuss projects, discuss things that are going on in the world. So it's, it's wonderful to be a part of that. And that was actually going to be my next, that was going to be my next question right there, because for a lot of places, you know, diversity is literally having, you know, like I said before, one person in the room that represents everyone. Whereas true diversity would be kind of like how it sounds like you guys are set up where you have different people from different groups and and it's not overwhelmingly one one, you know, one group rep- represented. Like it's not overwhelmingly, you know, white with, you know, one brown person in the room you know, or anything like that. Uh, so I, my question to you now, because you mentioned this earlier that they're based in Vermont. So how did you actually link up with the rest of the staff uh, for this company? So the executive director is actually a really good friend of mine. And when they mentioned the project, I said, you know, that sounds really cool. That sounds like something that I would like to be a part of. And it just so happened that there was a space (laughs) that was the perfect size for me. And, you know, I have been sitting in that space ever since. And it's been wonderful. Um, Yeah, I am the one that is the most remote. Um, I have been up there once this year and I'm planning to go again in January. Um, But 
this is the age of technology. And it's so great that what we do is so technology based. Um, so I remote in to all of my meetings, which are several a week. <laughs> um, but and I have you know, met everyone on the teams. I have met everyone who works for Red Magpie directly. Um, It's been an amazing experience. What exactly are your duties uh, when you're in these meetings and then also outside of these meetings within Red Magpie? (laughs) That is a loaded question. Okay, so (laughs) I (laughs) I do a little bit of everything, like to be honest. Um, I am responsible for a lot of the social media aspects. I'm responsible for a lot of the marketing for the projects. Um, I help with just ideas in general. Um, I also am really one of my major focuses is our funding. Um, so Right now, I am working on our um, Giving Tuesday campaign, which is basically just trying to get people to donate to Rad Magpie. I mean, we have so many ideas and so many people out there who want their ideas heard, but we just don't have the funds to help them. I mean, because we get everything. We have all of the equipment. Luckily, we've gotten some donations, but we also purchase licensing for any kind of software programs that they might need to create their games. Um, we rent space for the teams to work in, for us to work in, um, for our actual organization. Um, everything that we do, any kind of events that we hold, they're you know, in a location. So we have to pay for that. Um, But so we're trying to get people to donate, you know, show you care about the diversity within media and that you want people's ideas to be heard and their games to be played. Um, Right now, anyone who donates to Red Magpie, um, over $50 will receive a t-shirt with our logo on it. They're really cute. Um, and, you know, but we really appreciate any kind of help that comes in. Um, but yeah, that's a major part of what I do. I'm just trying to get the word out about these games, try to get support and not just to give money to Red Magpie, but to purchase the games and see what they're all about. Um, Quarin is an amazing game. Uh, the, t- the team is all, you know, it's a queer female team. And yeah, so everyone, the developers, the artists, everyone, like it's, and it's, it's amazing. That sounds amazing. And uh, what's that game about? Querent. So Querent is the tabletop role-playing game where you use your own deck of tarot cards to create the game. Yeah. And you can use it in conjunction with other games. So if you um, play D&D, you can use this game to create characters and situations and things like that. That's interesting. So where exactly could people find these games if, you know, after listening to this, they wanted to go out and purchase it. And hopefully if you're listening to this, you will go out and purchase, but where, (laughs) where could people actually uh, find these games? Okay. So right now, the best way to find out about the games is to go to our website, radmagpie.org. Or 
um, you can go to each individual game's Facebook page. Um, I know right now, <laughs> Querent had just finished their Kickstarter. Um, so it's not ready for purchase okay. yet, but they do have mailing lists. Uh, they are super excited about the project. They were completely funded, which we are so happy about. Um, so now they're going to um, draw a tarot deck that will be a part of the game. So it's so great to see that, see everything that goes into it and, you know, see that they're excited that their project is funded and that people want it and that people are as excited as they are about it. Okay. Now let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, As far as the equipment, uh, what kind of resources do you guys have to provide for people with ideas? So I mentioned before about the the video game, but let's say I wanted to also make a tabletop uh, type of game. What kind of resources do you guys have uh, for something like that? So I think it would depend on what you need. So for this tabletop game itself, they pretty much had all their ideas ready to go when they came in. Um, We helped with small things like um, mailing and ideas on where to go to find certain materials that they might need for it. But with something like a tabletop game, that more than likely needs to go out to a printer but we're able to provide them with contacts of people to get in touch with who can help them with that. So any anything that they need that they have no clue where they should go, they come to us. And we if we don't know, we'll research it for them. I <laughs> that's a part of my job too. You know, I do tons of research. Where can you go? Who can you talk to? Um, what's a cheaper way to do that? Just so that you know, they can do what they need to do. They can do the part that I can't do for them. So I can't create their game for them, but I sure can, you know, contact someone to help them with mailing. Now, have you had any ideas for games since you've been involved with Rad Magpie? I have had ideas for games since before I was involved with Rad Magpie. (laughs) All right. Do share if you can. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to share my ideas, but (laughs) quite possibly Next summer, I could be working on something, and that would be great. And I will bring it to you if I do. That right there is what we call a teaser. So all of you guys listening in, <laughs> next summer, be on the lookout. Hazel will be in there. Yes. For sure. Yes. I mean, <laughs> why not? With all the resources that are available, that is just, I mean, we want everyone to be radical. Like, we want you to just experience it all, embody it, and get it out there. Agree 110%. So now, actually, I want to ask, you know, ask something about you since, you know, you said you've been, you've had ideas for games for forever. And you said everyone involved with Rag Magpie is also a gamer. So let's actually get to know you a little bit. Uh, what kind of games were you into? Or what games are you into, I should say? I love role playing games. So anything, you know, first person role playing, that is my jam. I, (laughs) it's funny because I brag that I have put in like thousands of hours on Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's (laughs) my game. Like I am a completionist too. So every little thing I am trying to complete it. So it's not, it's not enough for you to beat the game. It's like, I need to beat the game and then get everything I need to get in the game and then complete everything on the side quest that I need to complete to get 
a hundo. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. in, that, in that case, you know, if you ever, if you ever get yourself a, a PlayStation Four, you will be very happy to know that PS Four definitely gives out trophies for people who are like yourself and and have to complete everything to the fullest extent. Yes. You have to get your money's worth out of those games. Like you have to sit down and appreciate it. The people who go out and they purchase these games and they like run right through them and they don't uh, stop and appreciate every little thing that was put into that game for those side quests. Like right. people spend hours right. coming up with those side quests. That, I want to show that, you I appreciate Honestly, that. that is something that I find really annoying. And me, because when I really like a game, like it becomes very sentimental to me. So not only am I going to play it and take my time playing through it and then possibly playing it again, but then I'm going to try to complete everything and then I'm going to hold on to it because you know what? A year from now, two years from now, I might go, you know what? I remember that game. I sure, lo- I sure would love to play that again. And then you know what I'll do? I'll go play it again because it's awesome. You know, I've been doing that with uh, Batman Arkham Knight on PS4. I mean, shoot, I don't even have to go that, go that far back. I've been doing that with the new Spider-Man game. Oh, I hear that's <laughs> awesome. How is it? It's, it is every bit as incredible. If you remember the the old, old one where you know it was fun to just web swing around the city and you could spend hours doing that like it's like that but like times 10 wow. you know it's, it's like it's like that plus if you snorted like meth <laughs> it, it is it is <laughs> it is it is just a rush it is amazing and like i can't stop playing it you know like i've, I've already i've already beaten it on medium mode i beat it on the hard the hard mode and then they you know they gave us the new game plus and so i beat it again on new game plus on the hardest mode plus they put out two dlcs including one that just came out two days ago or yesterday excuse me and i've been playing it like crazy and i mean and, and that right there for me is the markings of a, of a of a good game that you know you don't even like I, I get the wanting to rush through it thing, the side of it, because you know, like when it's good, you want to you just want to keep playing it, you know. Right. Like with Spider Man, like I I I got it on like a Friday night, and then I think I played until like four thirty the next morning without realizing that it was four thirty in the morning, you know. Oh, that's the best though. That's the best when you get so immersed within the game that you just lose track of all time. I, that is. That's the best game. Absolutely. You know, you know what Zelda game was that for me? Actually, two Zelda games were that for me. Um, Twilight Princess and okay. uh, Wind Waker. Those. Oh, yes. really? Wind Waker. Wind, Wind okay. Waker is my personal favorite. It's my personal favorite. Like, I know people give it a lot of crap because they, you know, they weren't into the cell shading art. And, you know, Link is like yeah. short. It's not regular Link. <laughs> but. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I don't know if this is one of those things that I'm just nostalgic about. Hint, hint. Nostalgia November. Uh, if it's one of those things I'm just nostalgic about because I really loved my GameCube and that was one of the first games I had on my GameCube, or if you know, compared to all of the other Zelda games I played, and I played everything from Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time to Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Have not played Breath of the Wild, but among all of them, like it's just always my favorite. Like, I always feel like I can just go back and just pick it up and, and not 
feel like and feel like I'm playing again for the first time. Well, you know, speaking of nostalgia, that is my favorite game. My favorite Zelda game is A Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. Like, that is what really got me hooked on the Zelda franchise. Um, Super Nintendo. Like, that was that was it. I when I grew up, I I've always loved games. Um, I grew up in a house with four, you know, there were four of us girls, my mom and my dad. And Every year for Christmas, I wanted something video game. I wanted a Game Boy, which I got. Then I got the Nintendo. Then I got the Super Nintendo and on and on. So I have always loved gaming. That's really that's really interesting because yeah, I think there are a lot of stereotypes around, centered around women who play games. And like some of my women friends who are also gamers actually struggled growing up because their parents didn't see video games as something that was like for girls or if they did then it wasn't like they weren't getting the the legend of zelda they were getting the you know barbie's the barbie makeover game or the brats you know whatever game you know they weren't they weren't getting anything like zelda or like final fantasy or, you know, any of these other, you know, games that are tr- generally seen as more male-centered than female-centered. Um, so, what you know, did your parents, or when they were buying you games, did they ever have any trepidation about, you know, stuff like that? Like trying to maybe ward you towards something else and not Zelda? You know, what's so funny is that my parents did not. Um, we, when it came to video games... I got pretty much the ones that I begged for. Okay. It was not, not that I was ever begging for anything that was out of control. Like, (laughs) although video games have changed a lot, but you know, if once we got our Sega Genesis and you know, we're like Sonic the Hedgehog and you know, like my parents are okay with Sonic the Hedgehog. They would not be okay with some of the things out now, but they were okay (laughs) with that. It's funny that they were more like that with other toys. So, You know, my parents were like, okay, you can have Barbies. <laughs> but when it came to video games, it was it was definitely like I begged for it. So, you know, and my sisters would back me up because they're so much older and they would back me up and my dad would <laughs> relent and get me whatever game it was. And it was it was fun. Did your you sisters know? also play games? So two of my sisters do. Um the one would play Nintendo with me. Um, I can remember when we played Super Mario and Duck Hunt. So that's how old I am. Um, but, you know, and the other sister, she is a hardcore gamer. And she still games now with her Xbox and her PlayStation. And, you know, it's it's great to see and great that I am not alone in it. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm assuming you're competitive because you are a gamer. So what was what what was the game that growing up that you wanted to play with your sisters or with your friends where you were like, yo, I'm about to I'm about to own y'all in this. Like for me, with me and my friends, it was it was always uh, Smash Brothers. Uh, it didn't matter if it was N64, GameCube, or whatever, or it was Mario Kart. Like those were those were the two games where you know like you know we might come to hands if if it, if it really came down to it. So. What was what was that game or those games for you? Well, you absolutely said it, Mario Kart. <laughs> that game 
was my game and I would beat every last one of them every time. <laughs> and I still will beat them in Mario Kart. So wait, who'd you use? Everybody. I liked <laughs> I liked Peach, um, but I would use everybody. Everybody. And it didn't matter because they would always try to pick my characters. So I had to get good at all of the characters. That's smart. That's smart. That's that was me with Smash Brothers for, for sure. With Mario Kart, I kind of leaned well with the with some of the later games. I leaned towards like Yoshi or Baby Mario, mostly because I liked I, I you know I liked the acceleration. Um, but you know I, I pretty mm-hmm. much felt comfortable enough that I you know I could be I could be whomever with whoever I had. You know it didn't it didn't really matter. You know it's, it's just it's a pick your poison. Like do you want me to to beat you from jump or do you want me to come from behind and beat you? Like it, how how would you like <laughs> how would you like to catch this work? Yeah, and you know what? I mm. love it because I see it in my son now. Um, he loves Super Smash Brothers, and he loves Mario Kart. And, I mean, I still, like, he gets <laughs> stomped in them when I play. But <laughs> but I appreciate that he's trying. If anything, trying, you're, giving you know? them, you're giving him that motivation, you know? Like, he can't get you now, but eventually, student will pass teacher. Right. Eventually, eventually, that's my goal. That's my hope. And I mean, we play a lot of games, so not just video games, but we do a lot of board games and tabletop games, just like it's our everyday thing. And he knows mom is not going to let you win. You're going to have to work really hard in order to get this W. And if he wins, I'm a good sport about it, but I refuse to take it easy on him. As you should. And <laughs> Right, and we won't not play the game because you know I'm better at it than you. Like we're we're gonna do it until you yeah, win. And that, I mean, that's my general philosophy. I have two nieces that I play games with. I have younger cousins that I play games with. I mean, shoot, when I when I used to teach, you know, I would play games with my students sometimes. And like, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm your teacher, and yeah, I want I want to have fun with you, but you know, you know what fun is for me? Winning. So I'm not gonna take it. I'm, I'm not gonna take it easy on you. You know, good luck. Winning. Good luck to you. You know, I hope you eventually get there, but but not today, fam. Not today. Right. Good game. <laughs> so, um, socially speaking, though, it seems like you know, being a nerd and video games and whatnot have become a bit more. I don't want to say socially acceptable because I don't think I don't think. Stigmas definitely existed, you know, in years past, you know, where gamers were generally depicted as, you know, the the overweight, you know, acne filled white guy, you know, who, you know, wears the same basketball shorts and has pizza stains everywhere. Like that's generally how gamers were depicted way back in, you know, nowadays we kind of see where pretty much anyone can be a gamer because literally everyone is a gamer these days. Do you see a difference between, let's say, how video games were treated when you were growing up versus now that you, you know, you have a son that you're that you're growing up uh, that you're um, teaching about video games because he's obviously interested, and you're seeing, you know, others who obviously are interested in, in games as well. Like, do you see a difference in kind of how video games have become acceptable or or how people treat people who play games these days? I do. I have seen a big difference. Um, I think the shift has come with our shift in technology. 
So gaming is so much more accessible for everyone. I can I can't even name anyone who doesn't have a game on their phone of some sort. Everyone of different ages, like they play it and they see it that it's not really what they thought it was, if that makes sense. Um, you know, there you you talked about it, like there was this whole stigma about video games and how video games are gonna ruin your life. But now you have esports where people are making millions of dollars a year playing video games. It's, Which is crazy. And that's crazy. It's it becoming is. an entire industry. Yes, it is. Tournaments, you know, practicing. Mom, I can't do that because I'm practicing my Smash Brothers. Like, I mean, it's it's a real thing. Right. And, you know, it has come with that shift in technology and how everything is right at our fingertips now. And you know, especially the older, like the baby boomers, Mm -hmm. even they are having the games on their phone and they're like, oh, I guess it's the same now. You know, it's the same as what I have on my phone, only it's on the big TV. Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's really crazy to think about because I mean, even 10 years ago, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't tell someone, oh yeah, I, you know, I play Madden professionally for a living. You know, I travel around, the U. I, I travel around the country and play Madden for a living, but it, but like you said, with the shift in technology, now it's a billion dollar industry. Now you have celebrities like Drake, who are who are getting into esports and and own esports teams. ESPN. If you had told someone even three years ago, hey, they're going to broadcast video game tournaments on ESPN, you probably would have got laughed out the building. And now they have Rocket League. <laughs> you know, they have they have Madden. You know, they, they have two K tournaments. It's it's really ama- it's really amazing to see. And people are getting scholarships to college for esports. That's wild. That right? is so wild. Like, it's crazy. But it's a great time to be alive. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> tell, tell me about <laughs> it. Like one of the things we're trying to do uh, here at GGR and uh, one of the things I want to get going uh, next month is I actually want to start a Twitch channel for, for GGR. And I want to I want to get us in on the streaming business because, I mean, people are, again, they're creating entire platforms because people want to watch them play a game that they like and hear their commentary while they play said game. And I mean, again, I've been, I've put in, I put in mad hours on the Spider-Man game. And there's no way anyone could tell me that I couldn't you know, I couldn't be I, I couldn't have helped GGR grow by adding that to what we already do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you definitely could. Definitely. Yeah, so like that's 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 something I definitely want to, um, I definitely want to to get going for for sure. So, moving back to Rad Magpie for a sec, because okay. <laughs> we got a little bit a, li- a little bit off. So you already mentioned that you guys have one. You said you have a, a third project that you that you guys are, are working on going forward. Um, do you guys have anything else in the pipeline that you know maybe coming out soon or perhaps next year or anything like that? Yes. So our goal is to have at least two projects, two major projects every summer, um, and smaller projects 
in any other time, as well as in the summer. So we have one other project that we are currently in talks about. So I'm not really going to say much about it, which is why I didn't mention it. Um, but we have a second larger project that we um, have in the works um, and a few smaller projects, smaller, fun, maybe mobile applications. Yeah, so, you know, you'll definitely see great things coming out of our studio soon. Um, it's it's really, really, I can't even stress what a great opportunity it is. And not just because, you know, I work for them, but because <laughs> I just think it's amazing. You know, like, I just think it is so wonderful to be able to have this person tell a Sri Lankan story. Right. You know, like you don't you don't get that. You you really don't. And to know that oh, there's going to be a fantasy game out and it's going to be everything. <laughs> like it's 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 amazing. It's it's wonderful. Um I have really learned a lot about the video game production mm-hmm. process. Um because I am not a programmer at all <laughs> or a developer. So, um that's been a learning curve for me, but it makes me appreciate the games that I play even more. Hmm. Um, so where I wasn't a completionist, well, I've always been a completionist, but now it's it's off the chart because I want to take the time and go through it because so much hard work was put into each game. Um, and I see that now. And it's something, you know, I'm teaching my son. He's going to school right now for digital technology. Um, and they're learning how to program. And so that's on his list. He wants to make a game. And I'm just like, well, maybe that's something that's, that's going to happen this summer. That's awesome. And, and, and it's yeah. also awesome that you're getting your son involved in, in technology, you know, at, at, at this young, young in age, I won't say how old he is on air, but at, at this age, <laughs> because it is it, I, part of making, of creating the world we want to see and, and stressing how important diversity is, is making sure that we get, people of color into these studios and into these writing rooms and into these programming rooms, because right now it seems like, you know, the the people that are making many of the decisions as far as what kind of games get produced and which don't, they don't look like us. No, the people who are creating the stories don't look like us. They don't look like us. Even the ones that want to tell our stories don't look like us. And, and, and that can even distort how our story gets told. Because it they does. don't have the, they don't have the lived experience to understand even even the minor details of maybe social interactions or or a, a situation or, or something or something like that dialogue right right everything everything is affected and it's it got to the point where it made me sad it made me very sad and upset that we go to the movies and there were no black people in the movies who were the main characters who were superheroes. I mean, we just got black Panther. That's, I mean, which was amazing. It was, it was a great game, a great movie, um, great storyline within the comics, everything, but we have one. One major, I'll say. I mean, there were a few other here and there, but they didn't get the attention 
like Black Panther got. They didn't get the it, money like Black Panther and got. And it's exactly, like, and it took forever even just for that. for Black Panther to get there. I mean, if you think about it, the last one that we really had was what Blade, maybe. I think you know Blade, and yeah. you know there've forever been these stereotypes that movies and stuff that centers uh, people of color or women or you know any other disenfranchised group that is it's just not going to sell, and people are not going to be interested. And you know Black Black Panther in particular, we've we right. see that. I mean, and actually, I won't even just say Black Panther. You can even go outside of Black Panther and say. Uh, a movie, a movie like Girls Trip, that had all black women as leads, and and you know these yes. stereotypes that, yes. hey, these things won't do well. Hey, these two movies in particular are only breaking you know all of these long-standing records. You know, considering people thought that the you know they they would do okay, but they wouldn't do that well. And the great thing, even with a, a movie like Girls Trip, is. There was another movie that came out with a white cast that had kind of a, a kind of a similar plot that bombed and didn't do well at all. So same weekend it came out, I think. Oh well, there you have it. <laughs> there, there you <laughs> yeah. have it. But you know, there's also that whole idea that black people only fit into certain roles. True. Right. So, like the Tyler Perry movies, that that is supposed to depict us and our lives, which. You know, I'm not saying anything bad about Tyler Perry, but that's only a snippet of what could possibly go on. Like, right. it's life, you know, it's people, we're people. Um, and I think it's amazing that both of those movies depicted us in a different light than what people typically see us in. So Girls Trip, I mean, yeah, it showed ex- different personalities, but... Not every woman was the same typecast that they expect that we are, you know, the one black person in the movie is always the same, right? You have, or you have like two types, you have two types, you have like the, the bigger, funny best friend, right? Right. Or you have like the skinny loudmouth. Like, that's it. And we span all kinds of personalities and attitudes and just behaviors. And I love how Girls Trip showed that, showed how diverse we are. And and honestly, it's about and it's it's about time that we have that type of movement take place in the video game industry as well. Because, you know, as you alluded to earlier, you know, we don't really get. Like the, the type of games that come out that generally feature us, if we're in a main role, you can you already know it's probably a game like Grand Theft Auto, and that's that's about it. We don't get mm-hmm. cast in a God of War as the protagonist. You know, we we don't the people who look like like right. there may be people who look like us in it, but they're probably NPCs, or they're they're probably <laughs> or they're they're probably someone. <laughs> yeah who exists just to help you further the plot along, but they're not someone who you can actually, who actually has a personhood to their character in the same way that the protagonist does. And it reminds me, basically, basically. They're a side quest. And, and it's interesting mm-hmm. because if you remember recently, uh, just a few years ago, we had the whole Gamergate controversy that's, that took place. 
because people were yes. rebelling against the idea that, uh, you know, that sexism was a thing that that women don't want to just be typecast as the damsel in distress characters or just the scantily clad protagonist who exists solely as the love interest for the main character in games. And on top of that, they don't all have to be white. <laughs> no. And, and, and it's, it's crazy. <laughs> right, it's, right. it's crazy that, like you said earlier, you said 83% of African-American teens play games now. And, and you know, it wouldn't even surprise me if that number has always been has been that way for even longer than recently. But it's crazy that that knowing that, you know, people who are against right. the progressivism in the video game industry don't understand maybe people, you know, this 82% who are consuming all of these games would like to see characters who look like themselves represented. Exactly. I mean, because like let's take Legend of Zelda, like for example. There's, there's no reason that Link or any of the other characters have to be white. They just mm-hmm. are. But there's no reason that they have to be. And there's 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 nothing wrong. There's nothing yeah. wrong with us creating a game that can be in the same type of fantasy world where someone wields a sword and rides a horse and you know all this other stuff and they look like us. There's like there's and no see, reason. Yeah, go ahead. That's what I love about Breath of the Wild is that the characters are so diverse. That's good. Wow. I mean, you have a whole group of people who are darker skinned. And I love that. I'm surprised the Gamergate bros haven't, you know, rebelled against Breath of the Wilds for, for having, you know, all of these non-white characters in the game. <laughs> well, you know, they, they claim that it's a horrible game and there's nothing to it. So, you know. But I love that game. And I love yeah. seeing just different people with different skin tones just in a, a video game. I love that. I love how there's someone for everyone. We, everyone should be represented. You know, like, personally, and I, I did this with, I just started playing Sword Art Online Realization, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a fun game. It, it, it's, it reminds me, it reminds oh, me okay. kind of like... Uh, the Tales of series, the like Tales of Symphonia, or uh, Dynasty Warriors, like it kind of it kind of plays kind of like that. And I was okay. able to create you know create my own character because they actually give you the opportunity to you know have your character be darker skinned or be plus sized, which I think is amazing because you generally don't see that. So I, like I intentionally made my guy that way because you don't get like. You don't get to see fat black guys <laughs> out here slaying monsters and and casting spells and shit. Because and why can't like why don't we? That's great. Exactly. And like I won't even lie, I've had an idea. I've had I've had an idea for a, for a game like that since high school. Like since high school, I've had this idea for creating this this fantasy world um, with all characters of color you know and, and and on top of that having them having them have the same weird hair colors and hairstyles that you see in final fantasy and other games too because why the hell not <laughs> you know like my, my character in sword art online right. has spiky red hair and he's black 
you know, like, and he has green eyes. Why? Because I can make him that way. Because why the hell not? Why the hell not? You're right. And that's, I mean, that's what my organization cares about. Like, that's what we're trying to do. Like, we're trying to get all of that to be a norm, like a possibility. So it's not out of the ordinary for you to go in and be able to do that. So short term and long term, what are some of the goals that you guys are hoping to achieve, let's say, over the the next year as far as short term versus, let's say, the next three to five years? Okay, so within the next year, um, we definitely want to get our two major projects out and then a few smaller projects. Um, Long term, we would like to extend this to college campuses all over. Um, Just extensions of ourselves so that these opportunities can be given to other underrepresented people all over the world. Um, Just knowing someone can make or break someone. You know, like just having the proper resources, having the proper network can either make a project just go off the charts or it can stall a project just because you don't know who to talk to. So eventually we would like to get to the point where we can offer these services to people all over um, so they can be heard. And I agree 110 percent. So the next question actually is with the services you provide, what's the cost looking like if you can divulge that information? What's the cost looking looking like? Because I know you said you work with college uh, college kids right now and you know I, most college kids don't have don't have money. So what's you know is it affordable to work with you guys or to you know maybe even get a quote for what you know what kind of services you could help someone with? Okay, so they don't pay us for this. Like they don't pay us to (laughs) work, you know, to use our services. Like we're there for them. Um, And yeah, they're college students. So basically um, we help them get funding for their projects. And that's a big part of our drive and, you know, just getting donations in from people who support our cause um, because we do a lot of the funding for them. Um, And, you know, we help them with fundraising and, you know, we have few overhead costs, you know, but we are adults. (laughs) (laughs) So we all have to work. We all have, you know, bills to pay, but we provide these services to them. So they're not paying us. You know, like I said, we provide, um, licensing for software and things that they need. Um, and so, so yeah, that, that's what it is. So we're, we, you know, thousands of dollars can go into a project to make it a good, viable project. All right. That's actually really amazing that, not that it doesn't cost anything. That's, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, like I, my mind just got blown a little bit because a big thing, you know, a, one of the biggest hurdles for people with ideas is literally funding, you know, like that, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like I make music and I can't tell you how many people I've met that also want to, but 
can't because they just didn't have the resources to afford studio time or to afford the equipment that they would need to do it from home. Or the proper computers to work on their their games. They might not have it, but we provide that for them. We provide a space for them to come in and collaborate and work on their projects. You know, we have several stations that they can use as their dedicated workspace so that they can get their project completed. Um, You know, you're right. Funding. These are college students. So a lot of them, they're going to go home during the summer and work. (laughs) Like they have to work in order to pay their tuition or they have to pay their bills this upcoming school year. They have to buy books. So one thing that we want to do is provide them with some kind of stipend so that they're not hurting when it comes to the the following school year. Um, You know, that's something that I am working really hard on getting funding in order to provide that for them. Um, I just, like, I keep stressing and keep reiterating, like, we just need help from people who also believe in the project because this is what we're doing. Like, we really want them to Mm -hmm. succeed and we want to give them every possibility. I mean, we're talking about underrepresented people. We're the people who don't have to go home in the summer and work are the people who have money. They can afford to just stay and work on their projects. And then they're they're someone that they know will spread the word on their projects or fund their, their project and get it out there. That's not the people who we're working with. We're working with the people who can't afford to do that. And so we're trying to give them every leg up that we possibly can. And, and just to be clear, right now you work with college students, but hypothetically, you wouldn't you you guys don't just work with college students right like if someone like if i had an idea that i wanted help with yeah like okay send me your project information send me some notes let's talk about it see what you got going <laughs> yeah well i'll wait till we're off air wait till <laughs> we're off air secrets? i don't want to i don't want this to, i don't want this to go up yeah i don't want this to go up and then next thing you know the copyright has already been filed and i'm sol <laughs> so uh uh before yeah i've been going at this for a, a minute now um so i have a couple i do have a couple of other things i do want to get into before we get to the, the okay. end here and we again plug rag mad pie and yourself uh but let's transition just a little bit because there's a couple other things okay. i definitely want to ask so Tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow, it's Thanksgiving. And if you're listening to, by the time you're, whoever is listening to this, it will already have been Thanksgiving. (laughs) So I was having a debate with a couple of uh, friends of mine. And I wanted to get, I wanted to get your opinion on this because, you know, generally when I, when I do the overflow, I do this, uh, this segment, let's argue, where I give a hot take and, it's not always a popular take, but a hot take nonetheless, and try to put it out there for laughs, giggles, and also being really serious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but for but for this go around, I just want to ask you, one of the things that me and my friends have been going back and forth about have been uh, Thanksgiving food draft. Oh. If we were to have a Thanksgiving food draft, right? What the first overall pick would be? Right now, 
I'm a vegetarian, so obviously my options are limited in what I can actually have at your most basic of basic Thanksgivings. However, I'm curious, so I want to ask you, let's say we're having a Thanksgiving food drive, or you're having one with your friends, right? Okay. You have the number one overall pick. You get to draft from anything that is a Thanksgiving staple, right? Because you want to create you want to, you, you're drafting to have the best spread that will make the most people want to come to your house and not someone else's house, right? So if you're drafting number one overall in the Thanksgiving food draft, what are you drafting? Baked mac and cheese. I'm going to have to put a sound effect in right here. I don't got a sound effect, so I'm going to just clap. <laughs> That's, that was my answer. That was... That was my answer. My answer is baked mac and cheese. Like you can't, you can have anything else. I don't care what you have, but if you have that baked mac and cheese, so, it's got to be good baked mac and cheese. Okay, that's okay. it. Now, now, Velveeta in the mac or no? No. Thank you. That. Thank you. I gotta clap again just for that. <laughs> it's really crazy. You know, it's it's crazy to me that. The anti-Velveeta sentiment, and I will happily lead that movement, but the anti-Velveeta sentiment is not particularly large. Like, there are people who really swear by Velveeta needing to be in the mac and cheese. I don't understand. I don't understand that either. Like, why do you need it? In, I mean, it's not even real cheese. Well, that's my point. Like, why would, <laughs> why would I want imitation cheese when I could just have... Regular cheese, real cheese. Like, yeah. Why would I? Yeah. I could just have the real thing because I mean I, I'm a cheese addict anyway, but I don't get it. Who? I mean, show me somebody who's not a cheese addict, and I'll I'll tell you who's lying. Listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna give no names on air. <laughs> There's certain people I know who may or may not be listening, who I know are not cheese fans, and they're, and it's not because they're lactose. And and, it, and it's not and it's cheese. not because they're lactose. That's that's the the other thing. It's it's not because they're lactose. But who doesn't like cheese? The word I want to use is not one I'll use on air. <laughs> so I'm not going to say the the exact phrase I want to say. But people, let's just say people who are uh, savages, uncivilized. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yes, peasants. How dare ye! <laughs> Not swear by the mozzarella, the, fr- <laughs> the gouda, the extra sharp cheddar. Yes, <laughs> the pepper jack, the Kobe jack, <laughs> the Monterey jack, right. all of the jack, all of the jacks. Like, <laughs> like, what kind of life are you living? Oh, I just, That's I just, crazy. it is, it is, abs- it is absolutely crazy, but. As far as I'm concerned, and again, I'm vegetarian, so I don't really have a voice in this, but I would think that the turkey is probably the least important thing at the at the Thanksgiving table, right? Like Well, let me be honest with you. Let me be honest with see, you and let you know I'm not having turkey tomorrow. There we go. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like it's 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 the yeah. least important thing because <laughs> if like when I think when I think about what people are generally excited about for tomorrow. Nobody is talking about the bird. 
Nobody says, oh, I can't wait for that turkey tomorrow. I don't know why. No. I don't know why, because you can have that anytime. Right. <laughs> it's not special. And you it's don't. Not spe- yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not really all that special, because you can have it anytime, right? But your favorite auntie's mac and cheese is not something you get every day or every week or even monthly, yeah. right? That's that. That's right. the that's the you know the the joint you get on occasion. You get at Thanksgiving, maybe mm-hmm. Christmas, uh, definitely Easter. If you guys don't go out to eat, you know, like there are certain benchmarks yes. during the year when you know that it's coming, right? That that the, the, the this particular dish is coming. Yes, and dinner is going right. to be where you know where you you don't eat nothing that morning because you know all the eating is going to be that evening, right? Basically. Basically, my same philosophy yes. when I go to Olive Garden. But <laughs> <laughs> you need to stay away from that Olive Garden. I mean, I can't technically go there anyway now. But <laughs> either way, I will die. Well, I will die on the Olive Garden Hill. But that is another show for another day. <laughs> another. D- you bring me back, and we'll yeah, talk yeah, about that's, it. That's that's a whole 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 other show. Not trying to be on. Not trying to be on here for two hours. <laughs> You know, doing doing that and do we can and actually the funny thing is we actually do want to do we actually do want to do food stuff for GGR so probably maybe we'll invite you back when when we uh, when we end up doing uh, doing that yes because I could there you go boom there you go there you go <laughs> now second now uh, to follow that you big mac and cheese your first pick right first pick. Anyone who's ever drafted in anything ever knows your first pick has to be can't miss solid. And you you hit the five-star blue chip. Can't – well, you can fuck up. You can – if you watch Food Network and some of these other places, you can absolutely fuck up mac and cheese. But granted, you're black, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that too. People put Velveeta in it, so. You know, I'm not, I'm not even sure what's worse, putting carrots and Brussels sprouts in it. Or or making it or or putting Velvet or making it with Velvet. Oh, that's gross. And I like Brussels sprouts, but ooh. that's what I'm saying. Like I I like it. I had some yesterday, but I don't want that in my mac and Not cheese. Not in my mac no. and cheese. Like I want mac and cheese in my mac and cheese. Yes, yes. And as far as I'm concerned, and this is the cheese connoisseur in me. Like th- more cheese, you know. Give give me give me <laughs> all, give me right? all the cheeses, you know. Like I, I don't, I don't need it to be um, fondue, you know. I, I need the noodles in there, and you know what? You know what? Not, not even just regular mac and macaroni noodles, right? Because in this year of twenty eighteen, we've evolved beyond the macaroni noodle. No, 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 no. We don't do the macaroni noodle. We should do the cavatappi noodle. Oh, because yes, because not only did it take. The macaroni design and improve on it, but it's just the better noodle. It's bigger, tastes better. Not to mention there is, listen, there is nothing like you take that bite in, take that first bite. You not only getting the cheese on the outside, but then you bite and then it explodes in your mouth because it seeped in there. <laughs> I'm I'm over here preaching. I I didn't take it. I didn't. I didn't take it to church. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, like you gotta be excited about tomorrow. Like I, man, <laughs> me too. 
I like I I got myself so hyped up. I didn't even ask you the question I was about to ask. Right. <laughs> I'll do that now. Okay. Second second overall pick. Second overall pick in this food draft. What are you picking? Ooh, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to have to pick my homemade biscuits. They're from scratch. <laughs> they're made. They're made from scratch. Lots of butter. They're delicious. I'll make you some sometime. I am intrigued. I, I yes, yes. I love biscuits. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm almost drooled just a second ago. Yes. <laughs> they. I mean, those. They're sides, you know, but they really add that little extra oomph to that meal. And then with the biscuits, when you have leftovers, the next day you can put a little butter and honey. Mm. Talk to them. Have yourself a nice little Talk breakfast. Talk to them. <laughs> Talk to them. <laughs> Listen. Oh. oh, man. Oh, I'm having the moment right here on the air, and I can't even do that because I can't, can't have too much dead air. But, oh. I hope, I, hope people listening, I hope their mouths are watering like mine is right now. Like I, I'm excited. I'm excited for t- tomorrow is my cheat day for the week. And yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm sure it'll be worth it. Oh, it's absolutely going to be worth it. I'm going to have to exercise twice as hard on Friday because <laughs> everybody oof. will be. Ooh, listen. <laughs> now, fi- <laughs> final question in the food draft. Final question. This is your third pick. Now we are entering the desserts into the fray. This is where desserts are now an acceptable at an acceptable draft position because everyone knows sweet potato pie. Sold. There we go. <laughs> I didn't even get the question out. Boom. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That was the overflow, and the, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, why sweet, why sweet potato pie over, let's say, pecan pie, or why sweet potato? Okay, so when I was growing up, the only time my mom made sweet potato pie was during the holidays. So she would only make them Thanksgiving, Christmas. And that's the only kind of pie I like. It's the only kind of pie that I I really like love. And I learned how to make specifically because it was the only pie that I like. <laughs> and now whenever I think of Thanksgiving, I think of my mom's sweet potato pie. She'll tell you, though, that my sweet potato pie is better than hers. Oh, really? Yes. But yeah, I love sweet potato pie. Sounds like sounds like feast at your house. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you said so far just sounds like feast at feast at your house. Yes, dinner's at three, so don't be late. There you go. There you, there you go. There you there you go. All right, this has been this has been amazing. Uh, so before we get out of here, uh, where can people find Rag Mad Pie on social media? Where can okay. where can they reach out to you? Where can they find out what you guys are doing? They can come to our Facebook page. Rad Magpie on Facebook. Um, we also have 
Twitter and Instagram. Although, you know, Facebook, if you want to come to our social media, that's the best place to find me. You'll get me directly. Um, also, don't forget, we have our re- website, radmagpie.org. It's on WordPress. So you can, if you go into WordPress, you can find it that way as well. Um, just drop us a line. You know, we're always available. If you even want to talk about a game, if you want to talk about ideas, if you want to have a jam you know, for one of our games, you want to play something just to try it out. We do that as well. So, you know, feel free, send us a message. We'll set something up. All right. Awesome. And would you like for people, do you want to give your own information in case people want to reach out to you directly or should they just go through Rad Rad Magpie (laughs) to contact you? Um, they can do either. Um, I'm Hazel, H-A-I-Z-L-E, at radmagpie.org. Or, you know, if you send us a message on Rad Magpie on Facebook, I get that directly. And there you go. Um, now, you said uh, Giving Tuesday is this upcoming Tuesday. This episode will, will be up. Yes, This episode is. will be up before Giving Tuesday. So where can people donate and give you money if they want to donate to you guys? So. If you go to our website, there is a link, a PayPal link, and you can donate there. You don't have to donate the $25. You can donate however much you want. Um, Just send it through PayPal. And like I said earlier, um, we're doing a special right now where if you sponsor or you donate for $50 or more, you get a Rad Magpie t-shirt, which they're really cute so <laughs> i have to say that because i designed them myself but oh, there we go um i so uh but yeah they're they're great t-shirts um adult tees and just drop us a line let us know that you donate it for more than fifty dollars fifty dollars or more and you'll get that t-shirt so and we really appreciate anybody's help. Every dollar, every penny counts, even, you know, messages count. We appreciate hearing feedback or, you know, you directing people to us who might have a great project and just can't get it out there. So, yeah, we're there for them. Awesome. Well, oh, go ahead. So, Thank you so much for bringing me on your podcast. Like I had a really no, thank good time you, today. thank you for for coming on and and dropping all of this wonderful information on myself and the listeners. And and I'll tell you straight up, uh, we here at GGR absolutely behind you and everything you guys do. You know, we'll we'll post your links and we'll post you guys information and, and see what we can do to try to you know, drive some more traffic towards what you guys are doing because you guys obviously are doing very important work and, and trying to provide opportunities for people who generally don't get opportunities to turn their ideas into tangible, real things. So thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you to the rest to the rest of your staff for all of the work you guys do. Uh, shout out to all of the listeners who are listening tonight or today, or whenever you're listening to this, it's a podcast and not live right now. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, for Mike, for Steve, for James, for Hazel, and the people at Rad Magpie, go check their stuff out. Uh, I'm your host, MC Brooks. This has been The Overflow, and I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.